Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. In affiliated American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. Introducing Sunday Edition with Anthony, a weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization. Topics and news that affect us all, some great roundtable discussions, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday Edition. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. According to the Boston Globe, 16-year-old Jack Berry was diagnosed with a visual impairment as a baby. Jack attended the Perkins School for the Blind's Infant Toddler Program in Watertown, Massachusetts. While attending Perkins, Jack was given a story box. The story box was an interactive literary tool for visually impaired kids. Now as a Boy Scout, Jack is giving back to Perkins and creating story boxes for visually impaired kids to enjoy. Jack and Perkins Education Director of Community Programs, Terry Turgeon, are here to talk about the story boxes and how this might too be a volunteer activity for our listeners to consider. Hello, everyone. Hi, Hi Brian. Let's get to know all of you first. Tell us about yourselves. Jack, go ahead and start. All right. Hi, my name is Jack Berry. I'm a junior at Framingham High School. So I live in Framingham, Massachusetts. Um, I really like, I'll just tell you what I like. I like um, art. I like uh, biking and, you know, recreation. I love hiking. And that's just a little about me. And hi, Brian. Thanks for having us. My name is Terry Turgeon. I am the Education Director of Community Programs at Perkins School for the Blind, where I have formerly been both a parent, then a teacher of the visually impaired, and then I entered into administration. And in my free time, I love to garden and cook. Terry, what's Perkins School for the Blind? Well, Perkins, as you know, is the first and oldest school for the blind in the United States. We serve children between the ages of birth to 22, and the range of services address every need, ability, age, from infancy through college prep. Perkins offers several educational programs just for the blind and visually impaired who live in Massachusetts and around the globe. Jack, as you said earlier, you were diagnosed with a visual impairment at birth, and you attended Perkins School's infant toddler program. Jack, you may not remember what the program was like, but Terry, can you tell us about the program? 
Absolutely. As a former infant toddler parent myself, I can tell you that the program, which has been in operation for 42 years, is a very remarkable and has huge impact on families and children. When parents have a child with a low incidence disability, such as a visual impairment, they very often haven't met anyone else with a visual impairment. Their child is usually their first encounter. And naturally, like most parents, they go through a period of adjustment as well as loss and acceptance. Working with a Perkins teacher, the visually impaired from the infant toddler program, allows you to better understand your child's visual diagnosis and its impact on development. Personally speaking, I can say that it was so um, helpful for us as a family to meet other families that were experiencing things the way we were, to talk about the joys and challenges of raising a child who was blind and visually impaired. You really get to learn from one another. And I think that's what makes the program so remarkable. So it sounds like Perkins provides a great foundation for toddlers and uh, kids, Absolutely. Um, young kids like Jack was. Absolutely. Uh, while you were in the program, Jack, you and your family received a very special box. It was called the Story Box. Can you tell us more about the Story Box? Uh, yes. So my family received that received it at a holiday party for uh, for Perkins. Um, it was a Christmas themed box, and it was actually the uh, the source of the idea for my Eagle Scout project. Now, this story box is this interactive tool that's got physical objects that are part of the storytelling experience. What are some of the objects inside the box? I understand that they relate to the books that are in them. Yes. So there was a Christmas story, and the some of the items that were inside the box were like a, a jingle bell, like a small tinsel tree, and an ornament, among others. Jack, you're a high school junior. Um we, we talked about where you went to school. Um, what are your favorite subjects in school? Well, I really, really have a passion for science, especially life sciences like biology and especially environmental science. It's one of my favorite subjects. I also like politics, history, and I really like art, which I actually use to express some of my uh, visual experiences. I understand you're also a Boy Scout, correct? Yeah. That's really awesome. And, and as part of your Eagle Scout project, you're making the same story boxes like you got when you were little for other visually impaired children. What went into creating these new story boxes? So I've been in scouting for like a long time and I really wanted to make this project special. And I, so I had to plan a lot. I originally got the idea and I did a lot of research for the uh, project. And then I had to get into contact with uh, Terry. And when I, when I did that, she had a list of books that the uh, teachers wanted. And th through that, I made like a list of the items I was going to use through research. And I made uh, like, I started fundraising for the, uh, the objects and the things that would be inside. I also had some scouts like make a, 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 a sheet and like a QR code that they can scan where they uh, recorded themselves reading the story. So when you click the QR code or you scan it, it takes you to a YouTube link, which uh, has the audio. And um, then I actually uh, had to assemble the boxes. And then after all that, it was about a month or two. Well, no, the assembly was about a month or two. Um, I was able to deliver it to Perkins, which was really nice. 
You talked about the QR code. Can you tell us what else is inside the new story boxes? Sure. So I can give like an example. So like for Hungry Caterpillar, uh, I have items that correspond with the story. So like I have a, uh, like a apple throughout the story, the caterpillar eats a bunch of stuff. I have like a leaf, I have a pear, like a slice of cake, a slice of Swiss cheese, like a fake slice of Swiss cheese that I had a scout make and stuff like that. Oh my goodness. And you can just eat them. Feel like you're a part of the story. That's cool. Um, let's talk a little bit more about literacy for the blind, Terry. Why do you think reading is challenging for blind and visually impaired kids? So it isn't so much that reading is challenging because we believe at Perkins that with the right instruction and access skills, reading, whether via Braille, large print, or magnification is possible, but rather it's building on those early literacy skills that can be challenging or at least different than what most families experience or teachers might experience with typically sighted kids. Most young children learn by incidentally learning, by simply using their vision during the day as we experience the world. But children with visual impairments can't do that. And so we have to intentionally introduce them to experiences and concepts to help build their literacy library. And a story box is one way to do that. So having those concepts of what some things are might be challenging. Um, Explain to us what the ultimate goal of the story box is a little bit more, Terry, in that, with that idea. Absolutely. So story box provides families with the opportunity to do an activity that all families do, and that is to read a story aloud, but to do so that's inclusive of their visually impaired child and their other siblings, and to be able to tactfully explore, try on, and discuss the objects in the story, and again, build on those early literacy experiences. And the ultimate goal of the story box here thus is to help the child explore those objects that are in the book. Absolutely. Who, of course, aren't familiar with them just yet. Can you give us an example of one object, maybe like a brush? So let's take that brush, for example. As a parent, you can pause during this part of the story, and with the inflection in your voice, you can see if the child automatically will find the brush in the box. Once the brush has actually been located, you can describe the qualities of the brush. You could say as a parent, oh, you found a brush. Its handle is hard and it's long and the bristles are scratchy. Is it <laughs> like the brush that we use upstairs? Let's try brushing our hair with it. It's different than a toothbrush, right? So these ways of describing and categorizing and comparing and actually trying on for size allows the child to build on their understanding of concepts and ultimately better prepares them for preschool later. And you could even expand on this if you wanted to as a parent and create a box of different types of brushes so that you can understand that there's categories of brushes. I see all that works. And even holding the brush while reading the box helps him or her understand that story. Jack, how did you get all the materials for this project? Like the brush, for instance, did you have to go to the store and buy them? So, uh, because of Boy Scout rules, I wasn't able to directly fundraise money. So instead, I made what's called an Amazon wish list, where I just put all the uh, items that I needed, and people would uh, choose to donate if they saw the project and read the story. 
and I could choose to donate a specific item to the uh, list and it would get uh, sent to me. Uh, so I set out to make like 32 story boxes with, uh, on uh, four stories, but people were so generous. I was actually able to make 40 boxes uh, out of five stories. Now I understand um, that one of the uh, story boxes has the story Goodnight Moon, correct? Yep. It is. Okay, that is the case, because that was one of my favorite books when I was little. Terry, uh, Jack delivered the boxes to you, and then you've given some of them to teachers already, and you're going to give it to some more, give them to some more teachers. Absolutely. The story boxes were delivered by Jack, and then I was able to give them to teachers just a few weeks ago, and they were over the moon with how incredible they turned out. Um, probably as much as over, moon, over the moon they were with Jack and all of his efforts. They loved the accompanying QR code. As Jack said, it, when scanned with your phone, it takes you to a YouTube channel where a Boy Scout is reading the book aloud. So it makes this whole approach very multisensorial. What are some of the future storybook boxes that you're making, Jack? Um, so my project is kind of expanding. The Eagle Project itself is done, but at my high, at my high school, the uh, early child development classes, which I don't actually take, but the teachers found out through my Boston Globe article on the, on the newspaper, they found out about the project, and they really wanted to make story boxes. So they hunted me down, and they had me... Uh, explain it to them, and they really want to make story boxes for their daycare kids and also send some to the uh, to Perkins. Oh, my goodness. They have child development classes at your high school in Massachusetts? Wow. But that's amazing. They're getting some of those early skills by making the boxes and giving them the ki- to the kids to explore. That is phenomenal. Have you gone to any... Um, other blind schools around the state or even um, the country or the world and shown off these boxes and given them to other kids and their teachers? Uh, as of now, it has just been a uh, Perkins, just Perkins. So, but, but you, I'm sure you're going to expand it even farther, right? Yeah. With the uh, whole, um, child development classes and stuff i'm sure we can send them to more schools around my goodness that would be awesome jack what would have been some of the uh kids' response to these story boxes do they like them how about the parents do they like them too do they think they could be better you know so the re- reaction from families has been overwhelmingly positive um, it's been great for our teachers to demonstrate to families how easy they are to create at home um, or to demonstrate to preschool teachers how easy it is to create a library of boxes within their own classroom setting. Uh, Jack, you were talking about the QR code earlier. Why don't you explain a little bit more to us about how that works? All right. So I had the Boy Scouts, each one of uh, read each well they read each story and recorded themselves reading it either them or their uh parent and once i had that audio i made a youtube channel basically where i explained the uh, story uh in like the uh, about part and i put that each of that uh all all those videos of the uh, audio up on there and i have a qr code that i put onto a sheet 
which is in each story box. So what happens is you'll have the QR code and you'll put your phone up to it or your, or your camera and it'll see the, uh, the QR code and you'll, it'll bring you to a, the YouTube channel where it'll automatically play the, the video with the audio in it and you'll be able to hear the story. So I really just wanted to add another like sense to this multi-sensory experience. And I don't know if it's going to be helpful for parents or teachers, but I thought it was, it would just be a nice touch to add. Uh, so on the boxes themselves, how are the parents and the child going to know which story is which that they get? Um, is, is there going to be like a large print and a Braille label saying the name of the story Good night, moon on it, or um, or is there gonna is the box gonna be designed with little pictures from the book? Um, well, the each story box has the, the laminated sheet, like I brought up with the QR code. Actually, right. also has um, the list of items inside and the name of the story box on it in large print. What I like about the sheet, Brian, is there's a lovely note written by Jack to the parents talking about how he wanted really to come full circle and give back to the infant toddler program. The name of the book is on the laminated sheet, as well as a listing of all of the items that are contained within the book. Now, how might our listeners help with these story boxes in their communities? So we hope that listeners who hear this story will understand how easy it is to make a story box of their own, whether it's families that are listeners um, of, you know, ACB or it could be preschool teachers or other teachers out there or Boy Scouts for that, you know, matter who are looking for some type of a service project to complete. Um, I know as a former teacher myself, I would work with preschool teachers and understanding um, how to incorporate them into their classroom settings, helping families understand the importance of reading, how to engage in siblings as well, how to you know introduce those simple concepts and those objects into their family reading routines. This is all great stuff. Is there anything else you both would like to add? Well, um, I... Oh, go ahead, Jack. Okay. I would just want to thank uh, Perkins and the, uh, for providing me with so many resources uh, throughout my life that allowed me to be successful. And I want to thank the donors for my project. Again, uh, thank you for having me. And I'd like to publicly thank Jack Barry as well as his family. Um, they must be so incredibly proud of him. As a teacher and administrator at Perkins, uh, Jack demonstrates what we want for all of our students as they grow older. We want them to be independent and successful in all that they do, and we want them to be contributing members of their community. So thank you, Jack. Jack, we're very proud of you, man, here at Speaking Out for the Blind. And everyone, thanks for coming on the show today and talking about the story boxes. I think they're going to help children learn and grow. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You're both very welcome. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. In my show archive, visit speaking-out-4-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. 
As older adults with vision loss, we understand your fears, your frustrations, and feelings of isolation. The Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss is here to help you as you pursue the independent lifestyle you deserve. For more information, visit www.aavl-blind-seniors.org or call 916-995-3967 for more information. AAVL, a supporter of the ACB Media Network. Thank you for calling the ACB Radio and Information Line brought to you by Xeno Media. 518-906-1820. That's 518-906-1820. We are Friends in Art, an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. We sing, compose songs and poems, play musical instruments, read and write books, paint pictures, and take photographs. We are playwrights, potters, sculptors, weavers, and storytellers. We are members of the audience and patrons of art museums. We celebrate beauty in all that surrounds us. We are Friends in Art. Join us in the art parlor for stimulating interviews, thoughtful conversations, and the latest art-related information beginning each Saturday at 8 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream. Do you remember BPI? Oh yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB. Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention. Guess what they're up to now? Do tell. Their own show. It's called Pride Connection. That's great, but what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community? This is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. Everyone is welcome. So what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection? Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness to LGBT education, technology to advocacy. So when will Pride Connection take place? Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect and learn while having fun. Pride Connection on ACB Radio Mainstream. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.